In regards to enrollment, probably the most surprising finding about Harper College was that the average student enrollment increased to nine hours from eight hours for those that utilized OER. This is In the Know with ACCT, the voice of community college leaders. I'm Jacob Bray. On this episode of In the Know, we pulled together a panel of trustees and faculty from across the country to discuss the advantages of open educational resources, commonly referred to as OER. Each of the three institutions represented on the panel are at different stages in their adoption of OER, and everyone had valuable knowledge and experience to share. Just a heads up, we had a couple of issues with audio quality on site, but we think the conversation's valuable nonetheless. All right, welcome back to In the Know with ACCT. I am here at our 2019 Congress in San Francisco, and I have a bunch of folks with me talking about open educational resources. Would you all go around and introduce yourself, starting with Mark? My name is Mark Hanna, and I am a trustee at Pima Community College in Tucson, Arizona. Bill Kelly, trustee at Harper College and on the ACCT board. Tammy Collins, trustee, South Florida State College and on the ACCT board. Michael Amick, Vice President of Distance Education at Pima Community College. Eric Christensen, Dean of Applied Sciences and Technologies and OER Advocate at South Florida State College. Great, well, welcome all of you and thank you for uh, sitting down to talk about this with me. Um, to get started, Mark, what are open educational resources and how do they differ from traditional materials? Uh, Jacob, thanks. Uh, the open educational resources are uh, the gives colleges the ability to provide their students with materials uh, at low to zero cost and available on the first day of classes. So these are materials that have, have been made either created by uh, instructors or uh, online, available online, and they it's we have the potential to lower the cost of uh, tuition and uh, the total cost of going to college, especially a community college, to by using these uh, open educational resources. Now, uh, Eric, why do you use these open educational resources other than what Mark just said? Well, I use them because it helps students, helps uh, increase access and uh, for the students. Uh, I had a student come to me and said, I'd like to take your course, but I can't afford the tuition and the textbook. So I solved that problem and I, I continue that on with all future classes. So uh, I've been in, I've really, it's really engaged me. I'm able to really get to my subject and distill it down to the things that I want to teach and the way I want to teach it and match it with the resources at the college. Now, I believe we have three different schools represented here. Is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. Yes. So how did you, or did, did you all pose this question to all of you? Did you notice uh, more students taking classes in, you know, areas where uh, textbook costs had been prohibitive in the past once you in started instituting these at your respective schools? Certainly, and the, the courses fill up the quickest. My class now fills up within two weeks where the other the similar course without using the open education takes till the end of registration to fill up. And Michael, what about at Pima? Uh, yes, uh, we did this project primarily in Pima Online, and we've seen a dynamic growth in our enrollment. We don't understand completely why, but we feel this is a strong factor. Ideally, not only is it something that uh, students will gravitate for because of the reduced cost, but 
the institution can and should provide a searchable way to seek out, hey, just show me all the cost-reduced courses in English this semester. And it just shows for the students so they're able to easily find them. And I know some of the partner institutions are doing that. In regards to enrollment, probably the most surprising finding we found at Harper College was that the average student enrollment increased to nine hours from eight hours for those that utilized OER, which is you. Yeah, that's a pretty substantial increase. That, uh, we had 877 uh, students enrolled, and uh, that was just a, a huge increase, you think of that, that uh, a, a great impact on the enrollment itself. Yeah. Fighting enrollment decline. And, and I'd like to say on top of that, at South Florida, what we found with one student, kind of like just layering on what um, Bill Kelly was just saying, we had one student that actually graduated a semester earlier because they were able to have more hours, they did not have the money, they were expense rather and money, so they were able to go on and be completed earlier. And I think that's a big thing in today's world, especially with the um, untraditional students that we have. Now where are, uh, where are you guys sourcing these OER materials from? There's a variety of digital uh, repositories throughout the country. They're online. Um, and they really, the quality of them has been changing so dra dramatic, dramatically over the last few years. And now they're, they're professionally uh, put together and um, they're, they're really high quality. I, I know that uh, I was heartening to hear today that not only Harper well, utilized Rice University's OpenStax resources, the way I understand from a trustee's point of view, it's well vetted. Uh, the, Academics love it as a base to uh, pull from to develop their own OER material. So that's a great source material from the, to utilize. How long have you all been using OER materials on your campuses? I've been using it for 10 years at South Florida State College. We're probably the newest ones to the to the block here. We're about three three years old with with ours. Welcome aboard. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. So I think at Pima, it's only been about three years as well. But you know, in that short period of time, you've all seen some pretty tremendous results. Yeah, absolutely. One thing is the quality of the books have really changed. When I first started in the physics, uh, the, the figures are all stick figures. Mm -hmm. And now they have Im embedded simulations <laughs> and videos. It's so dynamic now, so it's really changed. So, so the latecomers really have been easy because they don't have to search. It's much easier to find materials also. Great. Um, are there any specific institutional uh, initiatives that you'd like to talk about? Generally, just the whole concept of incenting faculty to give them some grant money to develop their own OER material, whether it be creating it, adapting some material, adopting some material, and investing in them to, uh, to bring this to market. I think, I think it's a great idea. It embraces academic freedom and it embraces creativity, and it's a win-win for the entire institution. The biggest thing the faculty need is to have, have an advocate, sort of like a librarian or someone who can really help them source the information. And if you are large enough to have an instructional designer, because there is a lot of, lot of work initially, it's sort of like adopting, teaching a new course for the first time, and you're starting from scratch. So there's a, quite a bit of work up front, but the benefits come downstream, because now it's your course, you've vetted it, you, you've developed all this information. You can integrate it and update it as you please when you want to, not be dictated by the uh, publisher. 
So one thing that I, I remember from college is that, you know, every every year the textbook changes slightly and you have to buy this whole new thing because the professor is convinced that, you know, that book, that newest book that may just have, you know, a punctuation change is what you need to have. Um, are there any instances that you've encountered of people resisting uh, OER because of, you know, something like that? Well, actually, the nature of OER uh, fully addresses that. And that's some of the big appeal for faculty is um, because it's open and the license allows you to take it and uh, use it legally, first mm -hmm. of all, but also the capability to restructure it, take out pieces you don't want, um, create and add new items, change that punctuation piece to be exactly mm -hmm. how you want it. Mm -hmm. um, the faculty really can buy into it because they get to specifically craft that learning path for the student um, as they see fit or respond to new information. Um, Eric has, had shared the story of, well, the laws of physics don't change too much, so mm -hmm. there's not many textbook changes, but other subject areas like in healthcare or political science, there's dynamic things happening all the time. Those items can be updated without having to ever pay for that new edition that comes out that we face so often with traditional books. Yeah, and I can imagine there'd be less of an incentive for um, someone who's producing OER materials to make a superfluous change. You know, the only changes that are happening are real new developments. See, keep in mind that it's not only, and my impression as I began rolling up my sleeves on this, oftentimes the publishers would be the ones encouraging the changes sure. of the textbooks on a 12 or 18 month basis, where the material may be just fine, but the professors could not even utilize the third edition because the fourth edition was out there. It was too- They, they won't sell it anymore. Right, right. 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 So, so, the, so I think it embraces academic freedom. Yeah. The, what, and I, what I really like about the OER model is the sustainability of it. Once you put those upfront costs, it can continue on semester to semester to semester, and especially in a field that you could make, go on five or ten semesters. And I, that was one that really opened up my eyes to the impact it could have, just continually growing. Like at Harper, we had a, our pilot program. We had a twenty-seven thousand dollar investment, generated that first semester seventy-five thousand dollars of savings for the students, and wow. those all all those thirty-six sections courses were available the following semester without putting in another dime right. and another $75,000 savings just on that. So and it continues on semester after semester after semester, just growing the, the accumulated savings over the entire student body. Especially for a community college students, uh, you know, even spread over hundreds of students, $75,000 is a tremendous savings. And one of the things I was surprised to find when I looked at the college board material that the average cost of textbooks for the four-year public university was $1,250 a year. For the community colleges, $1,420 a year. So the students who really need it the most are paying the most money. And the open textbook directly addresses that. There's so many of our students, a couple hundred dollars knocks them out of class. Yeah. That could pay for a brake job or a new tires on the car that are gonna keep them out of school. Or as one of our students said, OER allowed him to feed his family for a month. Wow. I mean, that's a big, big chunk of their income, of their life, that yeah. they're going to have to adjust and figure out how to make it work. When OER comes in, 
and gives them that savings. And now he doesn't worry about or she doesn't worry about feeding her family because that's taken care of. So that's also one less stress factor on them as mm -hmm. they're trying to balance everything out. There is such a win in this if, if the faculty, if the board, if all those would just embrace it for yeah. the students. And again, remember, it's students first. Yeah. That's who comes first in this. You know, as Tammy said, it's a student success initiative. Mm -hmm. Really, that's it's just, and just another thing that we can help support students succeeding. That, that, so it's just absolutely great. And without a doubt, it's not just the money, the savings, it's having that book on the first day of class. Yeah. So mm -hmm. study after study shows that uh, students who do not have um, the course materials on the first day are more likely to withdraw, drop out, or not com successfully complete the class. So having the, the materials, the book, and everything else they need on that first day is a big plus for our students. So if you, if you think about that, on that note with that, so they're more successful, they stay in class. Okay, that changes your default rates at your mm -hmm. college. That changes their amount of Pell money that they need to use or utilize because then they've eaten it up possibly, and then not being able to get a return on the back of that. So it actually can just continue to um, grow larger and larger of the whole benefits if you look at the whole picture down the road through that. Yeah, I mean, if you've got this uh, you've got this course material on the first day that you don't have to pay for, and like you said with the student at South Florida, they, they didn't have to spend their textbook money on food. Right. You know, now they're, uh, you know, well-fed coming to class, so it's going to be easier for them to focus. Oh, yes. Or take another class. I yeah. now have the money to take another exactly. class. I don't have to wait another year. I could take another class this year because it's less expensive. Mm -hmm. uh, and the number you said earlier is uh, eight to nine credit hours a semester. Yes. Yeah, and that's huge. Huge. Yes, it is. Huge. Yeah. So if a institution is looking for a campus-wide OER implementation strategy, what would you suggest? Well, first of all, it has to have the support of the board and the administration of the college. So in Pima's case, the students came to us and said, hey, we have a problem here, we need help. We cannot afford to, to purchase these outrageously expensive textbooks. Um, many of our students, as with is the case at a number of community colleges, are from lower income families, and the price of the textbooks is prohibitive in some cases. So the board quickly recognized that this is something we need to get behind. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, one of the first things we did was to change our student success policy to include a mandate that, uh, that we, across the board, look at lowering the cost of textbooks, materials, any other ways that we can lower the cost for the students on a course-by-course -course basis. In addition, we challenged our chancellor to uh, add that to one of his goals for the year is to indeed follow through and lower those costs, find creative ways to lower cost. And it became a campus-wide, college-wide uh, mandate, so to speak, that this is something we needed to do to help our students. Yeah, I said the two keys that I think are crucial is one, for the students, to express support for this. Mm -hmm. When the students express support, the administration, the board will respond positively. And secondly, to have some faculty champions, yeah, because that yeah. is absolutely crucial to have the faculty on board
for, for, for this initiative. Absolutely crucial. So a good way to, to maybe accelerate that is to, for a board member to ask the college to tell them about what are they doing to reduce cost? What is the success of students in your OER courses? That would drive, they would probably bring in a faculty member or at least give you some data and then you could open that discussion. We put it in our strategic, strategic plan and that was really, that really drove it because that showed it was high level interest and we could uh, focus on that. That was an institutional goal, not just an individual department or faculty member. And, and for the funding model, we at Harper set aside a million dollars for broad student success initiatives and allowed the faculty, the administration to choose, say, just choose what the best strategies are and OER percolated to the top. I chuckle over the million dollars here only because as a small rural college, we started with $1,200 and that's just to put some um, resources in the library. That was the only way we could get ourselves started. And then, but we had two very determined people, one faculty yeah. member, one dean, and then got everybody else online. Well, that's, you know, it's great to have the both ends of the spectrum because it shows that no matter how much, uh, how resource strapped your college may be, you know, you can, you can sort of start to figure something out if you have the willpower to. By the way, Harper, the million dollars for an entire student success initiative, we've devoted 27000 for the pilot program. Yeah. I'll still take I, it. I know, I know. I'll still take it. Well, and now this year, we're devoting $150,000. And great. we're hoping to generate $450,000 of textbook savings that very first semester, and hopefully each semester thereafter, another $450,000. Yeah. And just think of the compounding effect of that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. It's just mind-boggling. Mind-boggling, absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to add for students who might be, uh, or I mean, excuse me, for institutions who might be considering this implementation? You know, I would say that uh, one of the most impressive things about the OER movement to me is how rapidly and dynamically all of these materials are being created and expanding. And the nature of OER is you need to give it back to the commons um, mm -hmm. so that others can find it, get it, and use it for themselves. Uh, the Achieving the dream grant that Pima Community College participated in not only required us to give the textbook material that was developed back, but also the entire course curriculum is now in Creative Commons. So you don't have to, you know, institutions that maybe haven't gotten started, uh, you're not missing out. It, things are more robust and more developed uh, than ever it's a great time to get involved. You know, just from a decision point of view, when we studied the metrics from the pilot program at Harper, we measure four factors, student success rate, enrollment, withdrawal rate, and course quality. And OER materials passed in all four. And the biggest surprise to me was the course quality. When uh, the great majority of the students, 89% found OER material as good or better than textbooks. In addition to great strides in student success, increase in enrollment, so these are just demonstrable facts that mm -hmm. a great program. To build on something that Michael just said, uh, it's important to remember that OER is not just textbooks. We tend to focus on that, but it's videos, it's problem sets, it's, it's whole course curriculum. So you, you can pick and choose. You can pick the, the homework problems from a different book that still apply to your subject. So that's a really great way to remix and mix. So there's just so, so many options out there. 
but it's just not totally textbook. That's the easiest one to, to quantify, but from the faculty side, as far as their academic freedom, there, there's so much out there for them to pick and choose from. And it's not just OER. There are other creative solutions to helping lower the cost for our students. There's a program called Include Ed that happens to be uh, uh, produced by the Follett uh, Publishing Company, and there are similar ones out there that allow students to pay an additional fee right at registration time. So uh, the and their um, course materials are all delivered day one of their classes. So beyond just the OER, there are uh, this whole move towards OER has forced publishers to get more creative when they're de delivering their materials to students. Not only more creative, they've sharpened their pencils. Yes. When they see an OER initiative, our experience, they're reducing their costs too to become more competitive on a price fix. One really good example of this is Cengage. They've come out with Cengage Unlimited, and for a single price, you get access to every single book that they've ever published. And now they're about to, to uh, combine with McGraw-Hill, so we'll see where that goes. But that's a, certainly a big cost savings for students. If you don't want to go all the way to OER, just doing a cost initiative like that can really be powerful. Because I think that's like 135 a year per student to do it with this Engage 3 with McGraw-Hill. I think that's how um, another college has talked about that. Sure. But just that's... I, 135. That's wow. one course. There's yes. only one course. Yes. It could be all your courses. Right. I think the biggest thing that we could take away from all of this is the student wins. Yeah. And that's what we're here for anyway. And I think that's one of the things that as a trustee we need to remember. It's for the student and the student wins in this. And that's the way we need to embrace it. If there are uh, any listeners who want more information, are there any resources that you can recommend? For grant possibilities, uh, and hopefully this will be uh, reauthorized in the Higher Education Authorization Act, there is a $6 million pilot program uh, that's been co-sponsored co by Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois, uh, the Open Textbook Act pilot program. and. Hopefully, it's reauthorized and dozens or hundreds of institutions can apply for competitive grants if they don't have the money themselves. So there, there's one right there. And a great, a great resource is the, uh, we've mentioned for Rice University's OpenStax uh, College, which is a, there's like 40 different uh, textbooks. They've been well vetted and they have an institutional partnership program, which is what we took, we took part in for one year. And it really helped accelerate our adoption uh, institution-wide. There's a wide range of consortiums out there on the internet to the OER Commons, uh, the Consortium for Community Colleges for OER. Um, they have lots of resources to help you get started. You know, the biggest eye-opener to me was the how we could leverage this. You can have a 20 or 25 or 30 to 1 impact for, for a $27,000 investment. $75,000 in the first semester, and if it goes on for 10 semesters, that $27,000 investment can turn into $750,000. Mm -hmm. kind of mind-boggling if you think that the return on your money. Yeah. That's a huge investment. So we hear all the time that education and the way we deliver education is changing even faster than the technology in your telephone. And this is just another example of how uh, advanced technology and the willingness and determinus of uh, boards and administrations 
uh, of colleges, community colleges across this uh, nation to offer our services at the lowest cost possible, and uh, it's a win-win situation. For more information on OER, check out the resources mentioned at the end of the episode. I'll include links in the description. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.